0: 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, 1 Corinthians 13 in your Bibles, and then I want you to hold your place there, and I want you to turn one other place with me tonight. I want you to turn over to Revelation, the book of Revelation, and chapter number 4. We're going to start in 1 Corinthians 13, and then in just a few moments, we're going we're to head over to Revelation chapter 4, and so I'm going to go ahead and let you mark your place there, and that's where we'll be staying pretty much the rest of the night. And I think we're going to be fairly brief this evening. I know we're going to baptize several this evening, and so we're going to keep this part of the service uh, somewhat brief. And so we're not going to be here uh, long, long tonight. So don't don't get worried about the time. And so this last week, uh, one of our church members came to me, and we were uh, folks just you know hanging around, and and uh, after the service we were just fellowshipping a little bit, and they said, "Preacher, I've got a question." For the Q and A, uh, but they went ahead and asked it that night, and they said, they said, "Who will we see first in heaven?" And uh, man, I got to thinking about that. I gave them, you know, just sort of a small answer, if you will, here in the auditorium. But I got to thinking about that, and I thought, man, I'm going to go home, and I want to study that out, and I want to make sure that you know that I give the right kind of answer. And so that's what I'm going to do tonight. Now, this is going to be a lot more like a Sunday school lesson than it is a message. And, uh, but anyway, I hope that it will speak to your heart. And I hope it will be a blessing to you. Very simple tonight. And if you've never been to Calvary Baptist Church, our preaching and teaching is very simple. And uh, it's, not, uh, it's not incredibly deep. And so anyway, I don't think you'll have any hard time understanding the message tonight. So 1 Corinthians 13 in your Bibles, when you find your place, if you would stand with us tonight, uh, if you're able. Out of, out of respect for the reading of God's word 1st Corinthians 13 and verse number 11 the bible says and this is of course Paul under the inspiration of the holy spirit and Paul says in verse 11 when i was a child i spake as a child i understood as a child i thought as a child he said but when i became a man i put away childish things for now he said for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know, Paul said, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And you may be seated tonight. And I just wanted to use that as a jumping board to get into the message this evening. Who will we see first in heaven? Um, and so let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to help us. And, uh, And so here's what we're going to do in just a few moments when we're getting ready to start the invitation. If you're here tonight and you're going to be baptized, if you're one of our uh, baptismal candidates tonight, then here's what we're going to do. As soon as we bow our heads for the invitation, I'm going to ask you to come and you can go ahead and start getting ready. The ladies' dressing area is over on this side and the men's dressing area is over on this side. If you'll just come to those doors right there, there'll be somebody to direct you and you won't have to wonder They'll tell you exactly where to go and what to do, and and uh, and, and it's all organized and ready for you. And uh, but if you're going to get baptized tonight and you come, I'm going to ask you to come just as quietly, just as quietly as you can during the invitation, so we don't distract anybody or um, anything like that. And so uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll jump into this Bible study tonight. Father, we love you, and we thank you for your blessings. Thank you for giving us the Word of God. And, Heavenly Father, this is just one of those questions that people have. And, God, we're going to see if we can answer it tonight from your, from your precious word. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll use this Bible study, uh, Lord, to instruct us. But, Lord, I pray that you do more than that. God, I pray that you'd use this Bible study, to, Lord, to convict us. And, Heavenly Father, get our, to get our minds heavenward, and to realize, Lord, that there is a hell to shun and there is very much a heaven to gain. And Lord, if there might be one here tonight and they don't know that they know that they know that they're on their way to this heaven that we're going to talk about tonight and the Word of God talks about, Father, I pray tonight would be, the, would be the night, this March the 27th, 2022. God, I pray tonight would be the night that they would get it settled once and for all. And, Lord, not walk out of this place lost. And so, Spirit of God, help us tonight. You've been so faithful. Breathe on us tonight. Help me. Help the people. And, Lord, I pray that you'd help your word to come alive in our hearts and our minds this evening. Father, we love you and praise you. And we ask these things in Jesus' precious name and for his sake and all God's people said, amen. And so, who will we see first in heaven? One of these days when we close our eyes and death... And uh, we're we're ushered into that heavenly place. Who are we going to see first? Uh, what order is it going to is it going to happen in? I uh, begin to think about our first day, our first day in heaven, and I thought about uh, songs. There are some songs that are out, and you've probably heard them. and uh, And this is not a critique of those songs necessarily, but I begin to look up some of those songs and begin to look at at, at some of the lyrics. For instance. There's a song about heaven, our first day in heaven, and it goes like this. Well, it's a great, great morning, your first day in heaven, when you stroll down the Golden Avenue. There are mansions left and right, and you're thrilled at every sight, and the saints are always smiling, saying, how do you do? Oh, it's a great, great morning, your first day in heaven, when you realize you're worrying day or through. You'll be glad you were not idle. Took time to read your Bible. It's a great, great morning for you. And the song goes on to say it like this. I had a dream. I must confess. I hated to awake. He dreamt he was an angel at the great pearly gates. St. Peter said, well, hello there. Where have you been? We've got your mansion ready, so come right in. And then he rang for an angel to act as a guide he spread his wings a time or two and learned how to fly. Now, I'm not cr- criticizing that song tonight. It's a, it's a neat song. I think I've probably sung it before, but I'm going to be honest. I don't know that it's very doctrinally sound. And, uh, and there's another song that goes like this. Gates of pearl, streets of gold, where we'll never grow old. In heaven, that bright city so fair, and all the saints, they will be singing glory, glory to the Lamb. Oh, what a day our first day will be you ever thought about that? What will our first day in heaven be like? Well, you know, I'm going to be honest. I think we ought to think about that. I I, I think, I, I really think the last 13 services, I think that's what's happened at Calvary. I think a lot of folks started thinking about eternity. They started thinking about hell and they started thinking about heaven. That's a good thing to think about, by the way. Now, thank the Lord, there were a lot of folk who they began to look deep inside and the Lord confirmed what they already had and and they were thankful that God had saved them. On the other hand, there were a lot of folk who looked inside and they began to examine themselves and they found out that what they had was, you know, there wasn't a lot there. There wasn't anything really to point back to. And they came to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But what will our first day in heaven be like? Who's that first person? that we're gonna actually see when we walk into heaven? Well, I'll, I'll begin by saying this, where the Bible is silent, we must be silent. Right. And there's just some things that God hasn't told us, and one of these days, he's gonna enlighten us, and he'll teach us and, and uh, in those perfect ways. And so there are a lot of places where the word of God really doesn't say, and so because of that, we really can't be dogmatic about those things. But, but as this question was posed to me the other night, and I went home, and man, I began to, uh, I began to look through the Word of God, and, and I found out that the Word of God uh, actually does address this subject uh, to a degree. And so we're going to do our best to try, try to get you what we know. These are the things we know from Scripture. There are things we don't know, but then these are the things that we do know. We do know that John the Apostle was given an advanced revelation. A preview of sorts, if you would. And God allowed him, called him up into heaven. And John the Revelator uh, saw what heaven was going to be like. And so I I, I begin to go back and I begin to read that scripture. And so we're going to just follow that order tonight. I'm going to tell you uh, who I believe that we're going to see first when we get to heaven. How about this? Super simple message tonight. Number one, uh, first person. Number one. We'll see the one seated on the throne. Amen. Pastor, who are we going to see? When I close my eyes in death and I open my eyes in heaven, I mean, I mean, am I going to the streets of gold first? I don't think so. In fact, I know so. Uh, Pastor, am I going to stroll down, you know, that golden avenue, as that song says? Am I going to find myself by the Crystal River and, and uh, maybe by the tree of life? I don't think so. I believe that when we close our eyes in death, that the very first person that we will see will be the one seated on a throne. Now, I want you to take your Bibles and flip over to Revelation chapter 4 with me tonight, if you will. And I want to show you this from Scripture this evening. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. The Bible says, and and here John is, and John has been called up to heaven. And John says in verse number 1, after this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Now look at verse number two. John said, and immediately I was in the spirit. And then he says this, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat On the throne, and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight, like unto an emerald. Now, church, I want to tell you something before we go any further tonight. I really believe that this first point that we're going to hit right here, I really believe that this is something to ponder on. I really believe it is. I believe we ought to, before we go any further, I believe we ought to stop just for a little bit, and we ought to camp out right here and just call a timeout and and we ought to really think about this very first point when we get to heaven the first person that we're going to see is a person seated on a throne. I believe this. I believe this. I believe that person will be none other than God himself. I believe that God is seated on the throne. Now, some say, well, preacher, I believe it's going to be Jesus. And others say, well, I believe it's going to be God the Father. But I want to point out something to you tonight. Our Bible tells us that Jesus will be seated on the right hand of the throne of God. Psalm 110, verse 1, the Bible says, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Hebrews chapter one and verse number three. Our Bible says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, talking about Jesus, sat down on the right hand of the majesty of on high. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number two. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so technically tonight, the first person we will see in heaven will be almighty God. Now, again, I wanna say, church, that's something to think about. That's something to ponder on. I'm telling you, don't let that that point just pass right by you. I mean, that is something to really consider. That is something to really marinate, let marinate just a little bit, that the first thing, the first person that we're gonna see when we close our eyes in death will be none other than the one that's seated on a throne. Now, you say, Pastor, why are you paying such emphasis to that point? And this is the Reason, because sometimes people talk about going to heaven, and they do so so vainly, and they do so so lightly. I mean, it's just like it's no big deal. I mean, I'm I'm going to heaven, and people will say things like this. They'll say, "Well, I, you know, I'm really looking forward to my reward." I mean, I just I can't wait till I get to I go to heaven and I get my reward. And some folks will say, "Well, you know, I'm looking forward to that day when I'm headed to the big place in the sky," and uh, and at the same time, some of those same people have not been faithful to the cause of Christ. They've spent very little time in their Bibles. They've spent very little time in prayer. They've spent hardly any time in the house of God. they spend more time at the ball game and more time watching television and more time working in the yard and more time setting up their own priorities and more time getting upset at the preacher because he goes in an invitation for 15 or 20 minutes and I'm just telling us, brother, you better understand something that one of these days one of these days when I close my eyes in death before I ever get to that golden avenue before I ever get to that crystal river before I ever get to that tree of life, before I ever get to anything else I have to go past a throne and God will be seated on that throne boy can you think about it Dr. J. Vernon McGee said it like this the throne of grace has become the throne of judgment. Isaiah 45:23 says it like this: "I have sworn by myself, the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear, and surely shall one say, in the Lord, have our righteousness and strength, even to him shall men come, and all that are incensed against him shall be ashamed. Romans 14 verse 11 says, "For as it is written, "As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God, So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God." Psalm chapter 11 verse four. The psalmist said, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. Now again, I'm gonna get off this point and we're not gonna be lengthy tonight, but I'm just telling us, man, oh man, I'm telling you, that first point, something else. I mean, we better stop. We better stop just a moment and we better examine our life and we better think about how we're living and we better understand something. People say, well, I can't wait to walk on the streets of gold. I can't wait to see that pearly city. Listen, I'm telling us, before you ever set the first foot on that that street of gold, and before you ever see those gates of pearl, we will pass in front of a throne. And on that throne will be an almighty God, and God will judge us according to our life. Oh, listen to me. Understand something, that God will be the first one that we'll see in heaven. Now, with that said tonight, let, let me ask you a question. Are you ready? Are you ready? You say, Pastor, never thought about it. Think about it. Just think about it. Boy, before I see anything else, before I experience anything else in heaven, I'm gonna stand in front of a throne and God Almighty is gonna be on that throne. Wow, what a thought. And so number one, We'll see, first of all, first of all, I believe, we'll see the ones seated on the throne. Number two, though, number two, we'll see the others seated around the throne. Now, this is the, this is the glorified church. This is most certainly our, this is our loved ones. It is. This is those that are born again, those that have preceded us in death. This is our family members. So look in your Bibles, if you will, at Revelation chapter number four, and look at verse number four, if you will. So John comes by that throne first and he sees the one seated on the throne. And then in verse number four, the Bible says, and round about the throne, round about the throne were four and 20 seats. And upon the seats, I saw four and 20 elders sitting clothed in white raiment and they had on their had on their head heads crowns of gold now this is of course talking about the church the church and uh, the, the, this is those that that are born again those that are saved those that have have went to heaven before us i have some folks that are waiting for me in heaven tonight i do i have some folks on the other side and and i look forward to one of these days getting over in glory and, and uh, having a, a glad i started to entitle this tonight a glad reunion day i'm telling you there is a glad reunion day that's coming i have a great grandma that's there she's waiting on me my wife and I have a child that's there uh, our child is waiting on us over there in glory uh, I have a I have a pastor that that uh, that loved me for many many years and pastored me and and, uh, and 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 led me and taught me in the way of truth and and uh, and I was able to preach his funeral and I'm telling you what he's in heaven and one of these days I'm going to be reunited with that pastor uh, his little wife died not long ago and one of these these days we're going to have a glad reunion day, and so understand something that that thank God once we get past the throne, we're going to see those who are seated around the throne. Now I want you to notice some things real quickly tonight about this crowd that I'm talking about right here. Number one, I notice that we see them. First of all, we see them comforted, comforted. Uh, you say, Pastor, what's it like for my loved ones that have went on to heaven? You know, what's it like? Well. Number one, we see them comforted. What do you mean, preacher? Look at verse four again. The Bible says, and round about the throne were four and 20 seats, and upon the seats I saw four and 20 elders, what's the word? Sitting. I saw four and 20 elders sitting. That that word sitting is an idea of comfort. They're sitting, they're sitting. Now, pastor, what do you mean? They're not pacing. They're not pacing. They're not screaming. They're not laying down in a sick bed. Some of you have loved ones and that's how you remember them. Maybe they had cancer. Maybe they had Alzheimer's. Maybe the last place you saw them was in a a rest home and they didn't even remember your name. Maybe you had a loved one that had uh, that had some kind of bad uh, cancer or a heart attack, and maybe the last place you ever seen them was in a in a ICU or a CCU ward, and they had machines hooked up to them, and and tubes are running out of their bodies. And I'm just telling you that, boy. Thank God when John saw this heavenly group, you know what? They're seated. They're sitting. They're not laying down. That it means this. They're comforted. Uh, they are at rest. Is what the Bible is saying here. Uh, uh, they're, they're rest. They're, they're at comfort. This last Friday night when, the, when we got done with the meeting, uh, some of our folks didn't leave here until after 11 o'clock. And, uh, but you know what? We just had such a great few days. After the service, folks just got comfortable. And you know what, you know what they did? They just sat down. They just sat down and started fellowshipping. And, uh, and they stayed for a while. And they were just basking in the glory. I mean, just basking. You know what the Bible's saying here, church? That one of these days, we're gonna see this crowd, and this crowd's gonna be comforted. Not only that, but I notice this. I notice that they are clothed. They're clothed. Look at Revelation chapter four, verse four. And round about the throne were four and 20 seats, and upon the seats, I saw four and 20 elders sitting, and then it says, clothed in white raiment. Now, you say, preacher, important? It is. You see, that, that phrase, clothed in white raiment, implies provision. They're being provided for. God is taking care of them. Maybe they didn't have anything before they left. I mean, maybe uh, they were so poor that, uh, you know, they weren't able to pay their bills and they weren't able to buy food. And yet now they're in a place called heaven. And the Bible is saying here that God is going to provide for them. Not only are they comforted, not only are they clothed, but I noticed, church, they're crowned. Did y'all see that? Look at Revelation 4, verse 4 again. Round about the throne, 420 seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment. Look at this. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. Now that speaks of being rewarded. Rewarded. And so God is not only comforting them, and God is not only providing for them, but God has crowned them with rewards. I want to ask you a question tonight. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you expecting to receive rewards when you get in heaven. Somebody says, Pastor, honestly, I think I'll make it by the skin of my teeth. And I wanna say, that's a sad way to go to heaven. The Bible does talk about that. The Bible calls it so as by fire. In other words, you make it in, but you barely make it in. Don't have any rewards. You've not, you've not set your affection on things above. I mean, just really didn't have a heart for church, didn't care about the Bible, didn't care about winning somebody to Christ, didn't care about having a godly home. And uh, you know what? You, you say, preacher, I'm saved, but that's about the extent of it. And, uh, and you make it into heaven. And yet when you get to heaven, there'll be no rewards when you get to heaven. Now this is a totally different study and I'll, I'll do this another time. But let me give you real quickly let me give you some crowns that are going to be available in heaven. How about this? Number one, the incorruptible crown. 1 Corinthians nine twenty four. The Bible says, "Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible, an incorruptible crown." This is a crown that's gonna be given to those who, uh, who strive and serve faithfully. Man, just serve the Lord. Things don't always go right. You don't, you know, nobody put your name in the bulletin. Nobody necessarily patted you on the back, but you just love Jesus and you're gonna serve him. You don't have to get recognition, but you just wanna do something. Preacher, just give me something to do. I mean, just give me something. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. Just give me something to do. And man, you serve in that capacity faithfully. Maybe you sing in the choir faithfully. Maybe you serve as an usher faithfully. Maybe you run a dust mop around here and somebody says, well, that's not a very big job. Pretty big job would you do in the house of God. And you just do it faithfully every Sunday and every Wednesday. And nobody has to tell you. Nobody has to remind you. And uh, you, you know why? Because you don't do it for the pastor and you don't do it for the deacon. You you do it for Jesus. And, and you just do it every single week. And by the way, we've seen that happen so many times in the last little bit. We've seen people get here uh, an hour early, an hour and 15 minutes early, and they come to the house of God and they're dusting and they're mopping and they're cleaning and they're shining everything up. And boy, thank God for faithful people like that. And our Bible says we're gonna receive an incorruptible crown. There's also the soul winner's crown. First Thessalonians 2, 19, for what is our hope or or joy or crown of rejoicing are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming. For ye are glory and joy. This is for that person who leads someone to Jesus, who shares the gospel and, and gets somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ. Then there's the crown of righteousness. Second Timothy chapter four, verses seven and eight. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. This is a reward that's given to those who have remained faithful in their Christian life and they're looking for Christ to come again. Oh, somebody said, to the extent that you think about the second coming determines your spirituality. And this is somebody who says, man, Jesus may come tomorrow. Uh, Jesus may come. I've got to serve him. Somebody says, Are y'all going to church today? You better know I'm going to church today. Why? Because Jesus may come tonight. And uh, if Jesus comes, I want to be found faithful. And the Bible talks about the crown of righteousness, The the Bible talks about the crown of glory. This is the pastor's crown or the elder's crown in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. And then the crown of life in James chapter 1 and verse number 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. This is for those who've suffered for Christ, and yet you've stood firm. Maybe someone has persecuted you. Maybe somebody has prosecuted you. And yet you have stayed firm for the cause of Jesus Christ. How You were made unpopular. You were singled out. You were pointed out. And yet you stood firm for Jesus. And the Bible says that one of these days that you're going to receive a crown of life. And so somebody says, preacher, who will we see first in heaven? Number one, we'll see the one seated on a throne. Number two, we'll see the others seated around the throne. Let me give you these last two quickly. Number three, listen to this. I believe we'll see what I'm gonna call the ovation of the throne. Now look at Revelation 4 in your Bibles. So John has first of all saw the throne and him seated on the throne. And then John sees the church. He sees our family, family members. But then we notice in Revelation chapter 4, verse 6, And they rest not day and night saying holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty which was and is and is to come. Now this is what I'm saying. After we've seen the Lord and after we've seen our loved ones then we'll begin to notice the host of heaven. People say first first thing I'm going to see is an angel. I don't think so. Not according to biblical order. The first person, if you want to use that word, the first person you'll see will be God seated on the throne. And then you'll see the church. Well, I hope you're a part of the church. Oh, you say, yeah, pastor, I'm, I'm a charter member. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the born again church What I'm talking about Well, I hope you're a part of the born again church. I hope that you know, that you know, that you know, that your name is written down in heaven. And once we see the church and we we visited with our family members and our loved ones, then we'll begin to see that angelic host. The, the, we'll, we'll see that heavenly host, those, that angelic creation that God has created. And then last of all, and we're done tonight, number four, we'll see the oppressed standing before the throne. Look at your Bibles again. Revelation 7. Turn over just a page or two. Revelation 7. Preacher, who was the next group that John saw? In heaven. Well, number one, he saw the one seated on the throne. Number two, he saw the others seated around the throne. Then he saw the ovation of the throne. And last of all, the Bible says he saw the oppressed standing before the throne. Revelation 7, verse 9. And John said, after this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their, in their hands. You say, Pastor, who's this large, large multitude? Well, skip down a verse or two. Look at Revelation 7, verse 13. The Bible says in verse 13, And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes. And made them white in the blood of the Lamb. This group are those who have come out of terrible tribulation. But they've continued to stand fast. We know according to the word of God there's going to be seven years of terrible tribulation. And these though are those who would not receive the mark of the beast. And, uh, and, and, and now we see these folks being glorified in heaven. Now that's a simple little Bible study. Who will we see first in heaven? But I want to ask you two questions, and we're done. Number one, are you ready to see God? You say, Pastor, I'm hoping I can sort of slip by. No, you won't. That's first base. And you won't go to second until you hit first. First base of throne. And God's on that throne. Are you ready to see the Lord? Well, Pastor, I am saved, but I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. Then you're not ready. If you're here tonight and you say, Brother Pope, I don't know that I know that I know that I am saved, then you're not ready. You're not ready. But you know the great news tonight, church? You can be before you leave this place. Are you ready to see the Lord? And then I would ask you this, number two. Will you see your loved ones in heaven? We sing a song sometimes here at Calvary called, It is well with my soul. A man by the name of Horatio Spafford wrote that song. It is well with my soul. Many of you know the story, the background story behind that. Some of you don't. Horatio Spafford was a businessman in Chicago, Illinois. And and he was active. He and his family were active helping in the D.L. Moody Crusades back in that day and time. And they'd been very busy. It had not been long before the Chicago fire took place. And so... Horatio Spafford said to his wife, he said, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to put you and the girls on a ship. And he said, I'm going to, he said, I can't leave right now. But he said, I'm going to put y'all on a ship. I'm going to go ahead and get y'all over to England. You can start your holiday. And then we're going to go over and have a good vacation together. And we're also going to get involved in the crusade over there with Mr. Moody. I'll stay here for a little while, finish some things. And as soon as I'm finished, I'll get on a ship. I'll be on my way to England. And so that's what they did. He took his his dear wife and his girls down to the shipyard and they put them on that ship to sail across the Atlantic Ocean to go to England. And days and days passed. And this was long before the days of cell phones and phones and things like that. And word began to spread that that ship sank. Horatio Spafford waited anxiously, waited anxiously to hear some kind of word. And finally... A telegram came from his wife, and this is what the telegram said saved alone. Saved alone. She survived, but his little girls perished. Horatio Spafford got on the ship and he began to make his way across the Atlantic Ocean, and they say that he stayed down in his little cabin. And he asked not to be disturbed until they got to that spot where the ship went down. And he said, when we get to that spot, would you have somebody come and get me? And sure enough, a a, a steward came and they knocked on his door and they said, Mr. Spafford, we're almost at the spot. He walked up onto the top of that ship, the deck of that ship, and he looked down into those cold, dark, icy waters. And he thought about his little girls. And he began to write that song. It is well with my soul. But I thought about those words, saved alone. You know, church, I'm going to tell you something. I can't imagine what it would be like to get to heaven and to say I was saved alone. I can't imagine what it would be like for my little wife not to be there my grandkids, not to be there. My family members, not to be there. Will you see your loved ones when you get to heaven? Would you do me a favor tonight? Would you bow your heads with me all over the house? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Would you do this? Would you just stand with us all over the house tonight with our heads bowed and our eyes closed? If you're moving, move as quietly as possible. Just as quietly as possible. Father, thank you for speaking to our hearts tonight. Lord, this was a simple, simple Bible study. But I hope it's been a blessing. Father, I pray that you're speaking to some heart right now. Lord, help us not to be satisfied with being saved alone Father if there's one here tonight that doesn't know that they know that they know that they're on their way to heaven Father I pray tonight would be the night that you would speak to their heart like you never have before like you never have Father I'm praying right now that you give them faith Lord I pray that you draw them to your precious self And God, before they walk out the door, I pray they'll get it settled once and for all. I'm gonna ask our personal workers if they would to tiptoe down to the altars. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Can I ask the same question that I've asked for the last 13 services? I wonder how many are here tonight and you'd say, Brother Pope, if I died tonight, tonight, I know beyond a shadow of any doubt that I'm on my way to heaven. Without anybody looking, just for just a moment, without anybody looking, would you just slip your hand up as a testimony to that? I know that I know. Thank you so much, you can lower your hands. Can I ask this second question though? I wonder how many are here tonight and you'd say, preacher, I'm gonna be honest. If I die tonight, I'm not sure that I'm sure that I'm going. Preacher, I want you to understand something. I want to go. It's not like I hate the Bible or anything like that. I don't hate God. I want to go to heaven, preacher, but I'm just not sure I would. And pastor, I care enough to just slip up my hand tonight and say, please pray for me. How many are like that tonight with heads bowed and eyes closed? Nobody's looking. Nobody's looking. You just slip your hand up right now and just raise it really high. Just raise it really high. Pastor, if I died tonight, I'm not sure. God bless you. I see those hands. Who else? Preacher, if I died tonight, I am not sure about heaven. Would you pray for me right now? You'd slip your hand up. Can I pray for you? You'll have to sort of raise it high because I'll mission this crowd preacher if I died I'm not sure of heaven would you pray for me you'd raise it right now just raise it and sort of wave it at me so I can pray for you amen our heads are bowed our eyes are closed how many are here tonight and you'd say preacher I've already raised my hand about salvation pastor I remember the day I, it was a revival it was a Sunday night service We had some kind of a special meeting and somebody invited me and I remember, I remember getting saved. I remember giving my heart to Jesus. But preacher, I'm not where I need to be. Spiritually speaking, I'm not where I need to be. And I know it and the Lord knows it. And he's revealed it to me. I am not where I need to be. And if that's you tonight with heads bowed and eyes closed, You just slip your hand up right now. Just slip it up right now. Come on. Who's like that tonight? Preacher, pray for me. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Who else tonight? Pastor, I am saved, but I'm not where I need to be. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. You'd slip your hand up right now. Is there another like that tonight? Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you tonight? Father, thank you for your blessings. And thank you for speaking to hearts tonight. Lord, help us to be ready for heaven. Help us understand that before we ever, Lord, before we ever locate those streets of gold, before we ever find our way to the tree of life, Father, I think before we ever find our family members, God, there's a throne we're gonna have to pass by. God, I pray that you'd help us to be ready to bow the knee and to confess before our God. Father, for those who aren't ready tonight, several have raised their hands. I pray tonight is the night that they'll give their heart and life to Jesus Christ. And then, Lord, for those who need to rededicate their lives to Jesus, I pray tonight, Lord, that they will come. God, I pray they'll come. Give them courage right now, please. And we thank you. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you raised your hand, either way, and you said, Pastor, I'm not saved or preacher, I need to rededicate my life to Christ, I'm going to ask you to do something right now. I'm going to ask you to step out. And I'm going to ask you to make your way down here to an old-fashioned altar. We have some folks down here, we call them personal workers. They just have a Bible in their hand. And if you need someone to pray with you, they'll be glad to pray with you. Would you come while we wait? If you're here tonight and you say, Brother Pope, I need to be saved. Listen, would you come right now? Would you step out? Would you step out? Would you come? Would you come? Would you join those other 100 people that made that decision in the last 13 days? Would you step out? We're rooting for you. We're rooting for you. Would you come? That's right. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, that's right. Come on tonight. Come on. If you'll take that first step, he'll help you with the second one. Would you come while we wait? We've got someone here that wants to help you. Would you come? Oh, I want to tell you something. Greatest life you'll ever live is a life that's dedicated to Jesus. Man, oh man, nothing like it. Father, thank you for your blessings. Lord, I pray that you're working hearts right now, and Lord, we won't we won't prolong the invitation. God, the invitation's in your hands. If we've learned anything in the last thirteen services, we've learned that. So, Lord, I pray right now that you're working in hearts. Father, help us to be ready. Help us to understand that the coming of the Lord is imminent. And that, Lord, before we make it home tonight, we could be standing before that throne. God, help us to be ready. Help us to be ready. I pray that you will. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. The invitation's wide open for you. If you need to come, you come while we wait. We're going to sing this little chorus together. You can look up this way. We're going to sing this little chorus that says, Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. If you're here tonight and you have a need, any kind of need at all, listen, we've got some folks up here that would be more than glad to meet with you and pray with you. If you need some help from the Bible, they'll be glad to help you from the Bible. And so we're going to sing this little chorus tonight before we go. And so you sing it out with all your heart tonight. Let's sing it together, church. So you ready? Time if you need to come. just maybe, there's somebody here tonight and you say, Pastor, you don't understand. I've strayed too far. There's no coming back for me. Preacher, you don't understand. There's way too much water under the bridge. I don't think Jesus would ever take me back. You know, the Bible talks about Jeremiah the prophet. And God came to the prophet one day and he said, Jeremiah, I want you to go down to the potter's house. And Jeremiah went down to the potter's house. And there at the potter's house, there was a vessel that was marred. It was a mess. And the Bible says the potter took that marred vessel and he put it back up on the potter's wheel and he began to make a new vessel out of it just as sure as I'm here, there might be someone here this evening says, Pastor, you don't understand. There's no way. I'm so broken. Preacher, I've got so many skeletons in the closet. There's no way God could help me. Oh, friend, I want to tell you something. He specializes in people like you. And He can take your broken life and He can make it brand new again. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, oh, listen, if that's you, would you just step out? Would you let God give you victory tonight? You say, Pastor, I've tried this and I've tried that, nothing works. Why don't you try Him? Try Him. You say, Brother Pope, you really think He'd give me a second chance? Oh, I don't think I know. He's the God of the second chances. Would you come while we wait? Would you come? Thank you for dealing with hearts thank you for what you're doing right now heavenly father you are very much in control so you do what you want to do tonight but i do pray this prayer i pray that you'd help folks to let go and let god have his way could be lord there's somebody right on the verge right on the edge who needs to make a move for God tonight. Give them courage, Lord, to make that public stand. Father, have your way, please. And Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name. Let's keep our heads bowed just for a moment while folks are getting some help.
1: or so. We'll keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed. As others are doing business and time is not late, time is not late tonight at all. There's still time for you if you need to make that move. Can I tell you, it'll be the best decision that you ever made just to let go and let God work in your life. You see, we've all been where you've been tonight. I feel it in my hearts of hearts tonight that you're tired of carrying that load. Your shoulders weren't meant to bear what you're bearing tonight. Young person, teenager, adult. We weren't built to carry these burdens and carry these loads on our own. (laughs) Why don't you come to him tonight and just lay them down? them down tonight (laughs) and don't pick them back up when you lay them down (laughs) we're good about coming to an altar and laying down our burdens and laying down the sins and laying down what's the weights that are holding us down but too often times we pick them back up when we leave the altar I just feel in my heart of hearts tonight that this invitation is extended for one I don't know who you are I don't know what burden you're carrying, but I cannot plead with you just to come tonight and lay him down. Lay him down. Oh, he's our burden bearer. (laughs) Oh, he wants to help you tonight. We just gotta let go and let him work. Oh, make that move. Don't, Don't quench the Holy Spirit. If he's speaking to your heart, young person, adult, whoever it is. As they're finishing up here on the altar, let's let's look up this way. let's, Let's sing this chorus one last time together as a church. I want you to sing it from your heart, just as I am, without one plea. Thy blood was shed for me. I want you to sing it from your heart tonight. Sing it with everything you got. Here we go. Just as high. As